It's the Ambiguously Blind Podcast with your host, a guy that's great up hearing, but terrible at listening, John Grimes. Hey, hey, hey. Greetings. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in, subscribing, and supporting the podcast experience. We're going to visit from the first guest from the Ambiguously Blind Podcast, Chris Peltz known from the Blind Grilling Experience and the Blind Grilling YouTube channel. Chris and I became buddies uh, a little over four years ago now when he uh, showed up at my house to uh, bring me some grilling accessories that have really transformed my um, cooking to a whole new level. And I am forever indebted to uh, Chris and his wife Michelle for all that they've done for for me and my uh, grilling needs, wants, hopes, abilities, and and really instilled some confidence in me from the uh, from the backyard grill with the big green egg and the uh, blind grilling YouTube channel, which is still out there. Check it out. There will be a link in the uh, show notes to this and a few other things that Chris has been up to as well. And so, while I want to talk to Chris about grilling. He's been doing some traveling, and he's also developed a little bit of a hobby in, into woodworking, which uh, fascinates me because that's something I'd like to do and try to do myself, but just not enough of it in my uh, my daily routine yet, but I hope to keep doing more of the, the woodworking. Hey, Chris, thanks for coming back to the Ambiguously Blind podcast. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm thrilled, man. It's been a long time, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to be, be on the program, man. You are... Returning, uh, you were you were guest number one of the Ambiguously Blind podcast. It's been a minute or so since we've uh, gotten together on the podcast. Yeah, man it it has been it has been no no doubt about it. Uh, but uh, yeah, a, a lot has happened for both of us, and uh, a lot of changes. And dude, you, you've you've stuck with the podcast. I'm I'm uh, it's I'm thrilled uh, for you. Uh, what you've done with the podcast, uh, you and your wife both. Um, it's, it's been really an amazing journey being able to, to keep up with you and, and, uh, uh, you're just doing a great job, man. Well, thank you. We're coming up on two years. Yeah. It's been a fun ride and, and Aaron, my wife has been involved. I mean, she's involved in everything anyway, even if she's not on the episode, she allows me to, uh, record the episodes, right? So (laughs) (laughs) there are some where she's in the podcast, which is always, always fun. Those are always the highest rated ones anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, um, that's it's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it, and you're a you're a podcaster yourself. So yeah, it, it it's been almost uh, it it seems like it's been almost two years since I've since I've done one. I I think, <laughs> I think you're right. I think it's been 2020 was my last one uh, before starting up again last yeah this couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So you you started. I'm sorry, you kind of ended about the time I started. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah. the beginning and the end there. So, but you're back. That's right. Yeah, we're back. We, uh, the blind grilling experience season two. So exactly. what's going on with that? So, well, uh, we got, we've, you know, a lot of new adventures. We're going to be talking about some new folks. We're going to be talking about, we're going to be telling stories about the experiences that I've had, uh, on, in, in all kinds of subjects, all kinds of topics. Um, and this, you know, uh, just dropped in, you know, episode two uh, for season two and talking about uh, some new, my new way of cooking, which is uh, sous vide. And so we can, you know, we can talk a little bit about that if you want, but I am still grilling, uh, still, you know, firing up the big green egg and, you know, the griddle and um, 
probably going to be adding another grill pretty soon. And so, yeah, we got we got some things planned. We're, we got some things planned. I don't, don't know how much video and we'll do, but we'll definitely uh, be doing the podcast thing. You've got a lot of things going on. I mean, and I mean <laughs> a lot of things going on. You're, yeah, I do. And yeah, um, I mean, just just personally got a lot of things going on and then just all the, the, the grilling stuff, some travel um, and then some woodworking and stuff. So there's several things I wanted to make sure we talked about, but I, we kind of got to start with the blind grilling and the blind grilling experience because that's how you and I know each other. All right. I was um, blessed enough to be a part of the blind grilling uh, YouTube experience several years ago. It's been been four years chris actually that, it was 2018 yeah. that blows my mind man and That's... um like one day i'm just hanging out at home getting ready to go to work and like you knock on my door and yeah. you're like uh what were you planning on doing today how about we do some grilling i'm like yeah let's do that <laughs> that's right yeah that's right that was great man that that was that was so much fun. You know, your brother helped us get all that set up and your wife and, and, uh, man, it was, uh, that, that was a fun day. That, that was a fun oh, day. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it was great. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of funny, funny things, you know, and, uh, that happened behind the scenes even that, uh, I haven't even talked about. I don't know if you are aware. I of a probably company. not. What? Give me, do tell, <laughs> do tell. So, you know, of course, you know, we, everything we do was big green egg and, um, went through a, a local company there and got the big green egg and everything, but they were also in the process selling other grills on, um, uh, I think online, I think there were some issues with them selling it in store because of contracts with big green egg. But, uh, when they delivered the egg, they were wearing, uh, the competitor shirts. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> It was, I, I think it was funny. I could care less, you know, cause it's not about the, 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 the products then and of themselves, right. It's, it's the experience. And even the other product was fine. Um, it was just, you know, I, I had things going on with big green egg, but, uh, and it was KJ. I mean, it's, it's, it wasn't sponsored by big green egg though, right? <laughs> no, uh, no, it wasn't sponsored. Yeah. It wasn't sponsored, but I mean, they had helped me out and get me started and, you know, and, and, uh, did a fundraiser for me the year before. And so there, there was a lot of things big green egg had done, uh, to help me get going with the organization blind grilling, you know, but, um, yeah, that was, that was just, you know, I didn't, some, I didn't, I didn't notice yeah. that. I will yeah. have to go back because that video still exists, right? It's out there. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's on the Blind Grilling YouTube page. Just go to um, the playlist and look up uh, Blindsided on the playlist, and uh, that's all the uh, the deliveries that we videoed. I didn't realize that. Hmm. That's a, yeah. It's interesting. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Just little things like that, and uh, that happened. You know, you never know when you're going to be videoing stuff, and especially you know, low budget like I. <laughs> So that's how it works. It's all good. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't have anything against the, uh, the KJ grill. And actually a few months ago, I had a guy named Andre Van Hall on the program, on the podcast. And he, he uses Kamada Joe. Yeah. And he loves it. And I think they're great. I, I don't have anything against yeah, they are. them at all. It's just, you know, yep. they're red. Uh, come on, uh, big green egg is green, obviously. Yeah. So they each have their own 
pluses and minuses. So you, you yeah. know, this is America, right? So that's pick what you want. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't have any, I don't have any reason to, to change anything. I'm, I'm not going to do anything differently than, than the egg, but I, I still love it. And as recently as last weekend, I was out there cooking, you know, we've had a couple holidays come up here, Memorial day and 4th of July to this day. I, I still contact you most often when I'm grilling just to yeah. say, hi, I'm like, Hey, I'm grilling. And it's because yeah. of you, <laughs> but I'm telling you, you and, uh, your, the program there, um, you changed you. I mean, you literally changed things for me personally because I wasn't grilling. I didn't really think I could. I mean, I, I probably thought I could, but I thought it was going to be much more production, much more burnt fingers or arms yeah. or just food and just, I, I it was kind of a daunting thing. And yeah. you, in addition to supplying all the material for it, uh, simplified it and just like, yeah, this is actually quite easy. Um, you just gotta, just kind of, here's the tools to do it. And it's, it's, a, it's pretty good. And so, uh, to this day, I still think of you every time I fire that thing up. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, I love getting the the text messages. Uh, so I, hopefully you don't ever think you're bugging me cause you're not. Cause I, I, you know, you, there's a couple other folks that text me when they're, when they're grilling and some even more often than you. And I love it. I, I still love hearing from everybody that, uh, you know, it's like, Hey, this is what I'm grilling. And, uh, it's awesome. Yeah, and I think for for the for the average you know uh, person with blind or, or low vision, grilling is very accessible, and it 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 can happen. You yeah. just kind of kind of know what to do and what to look for and find the right avenues for. You know, YouTube is a great place to go for that. Obviously, for a lot of things, but um, I said your videos are still out there. And there's yep. a lot of stuff you, you do and, and talk about how to do things and a few techniques and things that I picked up from you, which was the, you know, the hamburger flipping process yeah, with the, uh, the, the fish basket, the, the Weber fish basket and the, the skewers, skewers. for the hot dogs and, and brats and stuff. I mean, I mean, it's like genius. It's like, how, who thought of this? Obviously yeah. the great Chris Peltz thought of this <laughs> and if he didn't think about it, he certainly, uh, send it out there for the masses to to be aware of it and be able to do it. So I'm telling you, you are the great Chris Peltz because you, I think you've changed a lot of the trajectory of a lot of families, of a lot of people that, for sure, this family. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that just, uh, it fills me with joy. I'm humbled and I'm th- I thank God that uh, I've been blessed enough to be able to, uh, to do such a thing and, and to help others and, and share with others, you know, and, and encourage them to be, have that independence and, and have the confidence to do those kind of things. Yeah. And that's it too. The independence and confidence that is, it's, it's available. It's right there. You just gotta, just gotta grab it and get it. And, yeah. um, you know, things like the big green egg and the, uh, the flame boss, you're still flame bossing. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't have it any other way, man. Yeah. 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 So those, those kind of things just, just make it, um, so accessible and so, so easy really for anybody, but especially for, for people in, in our situation with the, uh, with, with vision, uh, loss or, or no, or no vision. So 
Yeah, and and Flame Bosses. Um, even more recently, there was a an issue with an app. Someone was trying to uh, add a controller to the app, and one of their updates made one of the fields unaccessible. And you know, the guy, you know, he called me. He's like, "Hey, could you know? I've been bugging them already. You know, to get my unit replaced because of an issue. And uh, could you call them? And I said, "Trust me, just call them." email them, you know, you can take care of this. I don't mind doing it, but go ahead. Just trust me that you're not bugging them. And he did. And they, they, they fixed it. I mean, that's just, that's how they are. That's the company that they are. You know, they're, they're not out there, you know, for the blind and visually impaired, but they're, they're for the blind. (laughs) You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. So it's awesome. Yeah. That's my experience with them too. I had an issue, um, with one of my probes probes and i wasn't it wasn't working the way i wanted it to or something they're like we'll just send you a new one and they just they just did and that was like probably three years ago and it's still still rocking and rolling so yeah flame boss can't speak highly enough of the of the flame boss yeah yeah then and the people everything about it they're a great company and uh i'm with you yeah i can't say enough and something else i picked up from the the blind grill experience the podcast you had the uh, cash basket guy on. Yes, sir. And one of the things that I took away from from that episode, I, I use to this day. Uh, of course, we use, um, you still use the uh, the torch to light? Yes, I do. Yeah, so I, right. I, I'm never going back. It's the torch is so awesome. I know. And in addition to being just manly. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's like testosterone is what's causing the flame. <laughs> exactly. That's what I think anyway. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so you light this uh grill torch it's called the uh uh jj george grill torch and it's it's so much a f- more efficient way of lighting the uh the grill the charcoal and um the i don't remember his name chad yes chad he was saying that he found that if you light old charcoal it doesn't spark as much Right, because that's one of the things that I really feared was because um, I I love the torch, but when I put the torch in there, it sparks. Yeah, not yeah. every time, awesome. yeah. but enough. Till I'm like, man, where's those sparks going? I'm covered head to toe, and I'm, you know, I can't. I'm blocking with my hands from sparks flying up towards my face. But if you light the old charcoal first, like. 90% of that, if not 100%, doesn't happen of the sparks. So you, I, what I do now is I light it, and then I put more, put new charcoal on top of the, of the lit charcoal. Yeah. Yeah, it was, that was a great tip. I, and I, I learned that as well during that episode, and uh, I've done that as well ever since. And it, it works. It's great. It sure does, yeah. yeah. I don't know why, but I'm sure there's yeah, some science behind that. But. <laughs> Yeah, that that's all right. You know, I mean, that's uh, and that's the whole thing. I mean, that you know, we're always learning. We're you know, we try new things, and we in the biggest thing is listening to what other people have to say. You know, because you know, there are folks that are going to talk. They're going to say, you know, I've I've got the only way to do this, and and you know, like that's a bunch of garbage. You know, there's lots of other ways to do it. My way is probably just as good or better. But okay, fine, tell me. You know, and somewhere in there, every once in a while. There's a little gem of information that you can walk away from it if you'll just listen yourself and and uh, whether you do what they say or not, 
every once in a while you'll find that gem of information and it's awesome. Yeah, and it may not be the reason for the podcast or the YouTube video, but you might just pick something up. You're like, yeah, that's yeah. I like that. I should try that. Exactly. Something else I got from Blind Grilling that I just used last weekend was the turbo butt method. I think okay. that's what it's called, right? Uh, yeah, especially with the drum smoker guys. Yeah, they, okay. the turbo butt, the yeah, high well, heat. Maybe, yeah, so 300. Well, I'm, I do 300, which yeah. I think is what you do, right? Yes, it is. For a, for a pork shoulder or pork butt, and then also yep. for ribs. Yes, sir. 300 degrees, and I have lots of friends that swear by the five, six, seven hour rib cook. Yeah, yeah. And it's just not necessary. It's fine. If you want to, if you have that much time, I'd, I'd love to have seven hours to uh, sit outside or wherever and right, yeah. devote, you know, and, and enough cold beer to make a seven hour uh, rib cook. So I, that, I think that's great. And I'm probably envious of people that have that much time, but it's, it's not necessary, right? Right. Like two and a half hours, maybe three max, right? For a, for it, yeah, a rack of ribs. Yeah, three. I mean, every once in a while, if they're really thick, I might go three hours, 15, you know. Um, I, it, one time I forgot and I went three hours and 30 minutes, but it, it was really too long. Uh, you know, I it, just barely. But yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, you know, ribs don't take that long. Now, I mean, pork butts don't take longer, you know. Well, it's good. Yeah, but not as, I mean, so I just cooked one last weekend. I got a eight pound pork butt. And it took me six hours, almost exactly, at 300. Right. Yeah, that's it. That's all it takes. But at 200 or 225 or something, that takes, what, 10 hours? Is that? Uh, Yeah, or 12, yeah. Yeah. It takes a lot longer, absolutely. Almost double, probably. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And again, that's okay if you got that much time, but if you don't or you just want to do it faster, then I... The, the difference is negligible at best, right? Is that, is that your experience? Um, I, I don't know the difference. I mean, the, you know. Well, like when, if, if people eat it, like if you, pe- like yeah. if you have a buddy oh, that's like, oh, I cook, I, I cook this thing for yeah. 12 hours. Like, what are you doing for six? What are you, are you crazy? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, if they didn't know, they, 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 they wouldn't know. Yeah. If you don't tell them, they, they wouldn't know. Not, no way. There's no way. So it's, uh, and same with brisket. I mean, you know, you can do because I do brisket at two seventy five, and seven hours I can cook a fifteen to seventeen pound brisket, no problem. Um, and and it is it probe tender, and you know the bark is set, it's probe tender, and you know I yeah you know, I've done a lot of catering over the past uh, year and a half, and that's everybody wants wants the brisket, and um, it yeah it's amazing, and and you don't have to cook for twenty hours. Uh, to get these results. Yeah, you don't. And I mean, again, if you want to, great, but it's, uh, there's other things going on, you know, life, life happens. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of folks think that only way you can get the good smoky meat is if it is that long. And, um, yeah, it's just not, it's just not true. Uh, okay. So, so you're, you're kind of a Midwest guy too. You're a Missouri guy, right? Yes, sir. So what is the, What's the sauce situation like in Missouri? Or is it a vinegar thing? Is it? No, it's, you were talking Kansas City, you know, uh, tomato base, you know, is the biggest thing. Kansas City barbecue. Um, 
but I'll tell you what, because, because I wanted something different, right? Because you're right. That's, you know, Kansas city barbecue sauce. Everybody's familiar with the, uh, the Carolina vinegar base barbecue sauce. And so, um, you know, they're, they're always battling it out and that's what most everybody in this area, you know, if you order barbecue, that's what they were doing. And so I, I switched it up and I, I'd used Alabama white sauce and it, it took off, man. I mean, it it just absolutely blew up in this area, and folks are requesting and and the grill store where I'm at, they're selling the white sauce that that uh, that one of my friends make, and he can't keep it in store. I mean, it's just flying off the shelves because not only is it a great sauce for brisket and chicken, it's it, it I use it to make coleslaw. And instead of a coleslaw dressing, I'll use the Alabama white sauce. And it's just amazing. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And you're familiar with Lane's, Lane's barbecue. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. His sort of white, man. That's, that's probably one of my favorites. Yeah. I've had that. It's yeah. been a while, but I, maybe I should revisit that. Yeah. Is yeah, it man. sweet? Is it, what is it? No, it's a horseradish base. So okay. it's a kind of a mayonnaise you know, kind of a base to it, but it's got that horseradish kick you know that's it's subtle but there and i I love it well on the pork butt i cooked last weekend i i watch a lot of cooking stuff on youtube which is probably how i found you several years ago Mm -hmm. there's this guy that cooks a lot of different things and occasionally he'll he'll cook barbecue but he cooks it he's a he doesn't have a grill he cooks it all inside and he made a whole hog barbecue, uh, pulled pulled pork, but he used a uh, East Carolina's uh, vinegar based sauce. And I'm generally not a vinegar based sauce kind of guy, but I like this guy, so I was like, you know what, I'll give it a try. So, have you ever heard of Rodney Scott? No, huh? I hadn't either. So he's apparently some legendary East Carolina barbecue guy. Apparently, you can buy the the sauces and stuff in stores. But anyway, uh, he had the recipe for what he thought. It's, it's a secret recipe that Rodney Scott uses, but this guy thought he had cracked the code for the recipe. Okay. And he made it. It's very simple. It's vinegar. It's sugar. And then it's about six different kinds of pepper. Uh, red, black, white, cayenne. Um... What am I missing? There's a couple that I'm missing. And then there's paprika in it as well. And you just, and lemon. Um, you just heat it up on the stove to dissolve all the stuff together. Put it in the squeeze bottle and you're, you're good to go, right? And I'm here to tell you, I was impressed. I don't like vinegar yeah. sauces, as I mentioned. And it's, it's very pepper forward because there's like a bunch right. of pepper in it, obviously. It's not super hot. But it just like lingers. It just like hangs out on your tongue for a while. So like maybe an hour after you've eaten it, you're still getting the the, <laughs> the pepper on your tongue. Like, wow, we just <laughs> ate some barbecue. Yeah, right. Sweet. Yeah. And um, I'm a big fan, so um, I don't know if it's if it's really a thing or not. But uh, Rodney Scott's um, East Carolina vinegar sauce is not too shabby for a changeup. I'm a I'm a Texas barbecue guy, though, you know, so I like, have you heard of Stubbs Barbecue? 
It's at oh, Boston. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I like Stubbs spicy sauce. That's that's my go-to sauce. Yeah. I also like, uh, there's a barbecue place out of Memphis called uh, Rendezvous. You familiar with that? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I either have Rendezvous or Stubbs spicy at home at all times. Yeah. Um, but this one that I made, this Rodney Scott um, mimic, Scott, or, uh, mimic sauce, is pretty good. And I would suggest uh, checking it out. I'll post a link to the video I watched on, on how to make it. It's, it's quite simple, actually, but um, pretty good if you like, if you like peppery. Um, and it's very thin, too. Just okay. very thin. It just doesn't take a much, but yeah, it is, uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, that'd be, yeah, definitely post that and see. Uh, maybe some folks will make it and give you some feedback. Yeah, well, I, I posted a couple pictures on Instagram of the of the pork butt on the grill on the big green egg, and I posted a uh, uh, gratuitous uh, shot of the pulled pork sandwich that I made with a yeah. few pickles and things. That's my my food blogging style <laughs> post or whatever. But um, yeah, it's pretty good. So I'll I'll attach a link to the recipe for that as well on this. Uh, on this episode, but you know what though? The other thing I want to talk to you about is some experiences that you've been up to. Okay. Um, you've been traveling and fishing. Yeah. Doing yeah, all kinds right. of crazy thing. Where's the wildest place you've been in the last 12 months? <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's probably been just over 12 months. Uh, if that's okay. If I go back to April of last year, I will allow that. Sure. Yeah. And that was Costa Rica, the Pacific coast of Costa Rica. And yeah, that was amazing. Just the entire experience. My oldest daughter and I went and it, wow. I, you know, it's, it is beautiful. Even though I couldn't see, I mean, it was just, it was just an unbelievable experience. The sounds, the smells, the, um, you know, just everything about it. I mean, I, I probably would have been on sensory overload. I don't see how people who can see can, can like handle it. It's, it was just so amazing. We went out uh, offshore fishing and caught, uh, we did some mahi fishing, but the biggest thing was tuna. Uh, we, we smoked the tuna and, and we had some big ones. I mean, we had, uh, some 60 pound, which I, they get bigger and they've caught bigger down there, but, uh, 60 pound. Yeah. We had some, so how do you pull that thing in? Um, it, yeah, you just, you just have to keep reeling, uh, raise the rod and reel down, raise the rod and reel down. And, uh, you get it to the boat and they, uh, you know, they, they hook it and, uh, with a, with a pole and bring it in the boat. So, uh, yeah. And which, you know, my daughter who was with me, I mean, she's, you know, a hundred and she, she's half, you know, that's half her size. Yeah, right. I mean, she's 20 pounds. I mean, here she is reeling in this 60 pound tuna and, and, uh, it was, it was amazing. And, and the coolest thing is just, just eating it right then. You know, we would go back, we, we went back to the, to the Marina and there's a restaurant up there that we just took some fillets, uh, up there and, and they made raw tuna nachos that were, one of the best things I've ever eaten. It was amazing. Mm, that sounds so, good. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, and, and that was just a cool experience. I mean, I, it's a friend of mine who has the boat down there. And so it was, it was lots of fun. We, you know, we got to go hiking up in the jungles of Costa Rica and, uh, you know, they, so many things and so many sounds that are so unique to that area. Um, 
you know, the waterfalls, we got to swim under waterfalls and it was just, yeah, it was just really cool. Yeah. It sounds like it. I've, I've seen some, I don't know if it was on Facebook or Instagram or what you posted, but it looks like you're having fun. We did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We did some videos on YouTube, uh, on the blind grilling page. Um, probably some of the last videos we did was, um, like an epic dolphin experience. I, I'm going to tell you, John, it is I, the, the dolphins, right? Everyone goes on these dolphin excursions, you know, um, on, you know, the East coast, the West coast down in Florida or the, uh, Alabama, or, you know, even on the, off the Gulf coast of Texas, and, you know, you'll see pods of six to 10 dolphins, right? And that's cool. That, that, that's awesome. Yeah. We're, when we were out fishing, uh, we got to this point where there were, if there was one, there were 4,000 dolphins. Whoa. I mean, there, there was another boat that was, uh, they were scuba diving with the dolphins and they were probably 200 yards away from us. And we could have walked to that boat just on the dolphins. Wow. They were, they, they were just, it was just as far as they could see dolphins were everywhere. My daughter would sit on the side of the boat, have her feet kind of hanging over the, the edge. And, and I mean, they were just coming up, you know, and, and, um, you know, whistling at her and, uh, jumping right in front of her. We got him. We just, it was just, it was amazing. And so we've, we, we did our best to show that on the video on blind grillings page, YouTube channel, but it doesn't do it justice for what the the actual experience that was there. It was it was just unbelievable. Yeah, I think I need to be part of that experience next time. <laughs> That's right. When yeah. you headed back. Yeah, I, I'm not. We got a lot of things planned. I mean, we've got some opportunities. You know, because I actually do some work for the guy that uh, owns that boat down there. We, my wife and I, are managing some social media. Uh, for um, top-notch fishing and for he's got a boat down in Key West and he's got uh, some other things that are going on, but he's also a hunting outfitter. And so uh, we've got some trips possibly we're going to try and go on uh, anywhere from uh, New Zealand to Scotland to South Africa. Uh, and it, the thing is right now, you know, with COVID having everything kind of bottled up, it's, it's, it's a little bit difficult for travel in some instances. So, hopefully once that gets settled down yeah we we've got we've got a lot a lot planned a lot of things we're going to try and do yeah but things are opening up again it's yes it's, we're opening up again yes absolutely getting back to normal yeah yeah and something else that you're getting back to normal with i guess if you want to say it is is you're you're now a woodworker right <laughs> i know it you're a, yeah, you're a furniture yeah. builder a woodworker you're Duck calls, big green egg yeah, handles. That's, that's what got us started. My my son was talking about uh, making some duck calls, and he was describing. He's like, "Man, it's you know, you all you do is this. You get these things, and and you know, he's he's talking to me, and I'm like, I, I mean, is that something I could do? I mean, can I think I could do that? And he he kind of, you know, just paused for a second. He goes, "Yeah, you probably could." And it just so happened, I was talking to my wife and and she was telling one of her friends that she takes Taekwondo with that, yeah, I was talking about doing this and he turns pins. So he makes ink pins on a lathe and he was selling a lathe and it, it's a smaller type lathe. And, and it, it was it just, 
the timing was just perfect. And so I bought this little lathe from this guy and um, bought the uh, acrylic uh, bars that I, that I needed to, to turn and uh, yeah, started making duck calls and uh, it was, it was pretty cool. You know, and, and my son is using them. I've some other folks I know are using them out in the field and killing ducks and it's awesome. And, and then of course from there, yeah, I got to the handles for the big green egg making replacement handles. I actually, <laughs> and this one is probably one of the coolest ones that I've done. And it's actually not even wood. It's from an elk antler that I had from when we lived out in Colorado. And I had the base of this elk antler and a friend of mine, I, I was, I, I grabbed hold of the elk antler one time and I was like, man, you know what? That'd make a cool pipe. And of course I don't smoke. I don't, but I knew he did. And, and so I had him come over and I was like, this is what I want to do. And so we made this pipe out of this elk antler. And when, after we'd cut it, I was like, man, that, that piece there is almost like a perfect size for a handle for a big green egg. And so I made a handle. Uh, for the big green egg out of an elk antler. And that, that was really cool. Yeah. That sounds cool. And you make them out of wood too, though, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Mo- most of them are out of wood. Uh, we have a lot of sycamore um, that, that I'm, I have access to. And so that's, that's what most of them have been. Um, I've done a couple of exotic woods, um, some, some South American hardwoods and, and things, uh, African blackwood, but uh, most of them are out of the, the sycamore because it's, uh, you know, everyone's really shocked once we're done, just how, how pretty it is with the, uh, with the grain and everything that the sycamore is turning out. And so that's, that's what most of the handles are made out of. Well, yep. I, I, as I said before, I want to be like Chris Peltz when I grow up, <laughs> just so much adventure for, for what you got going on. So tell me about the woodworking stuff. You, you get started with a lathe you're turning things and the next thing you know, you're making, yeah, you're making a dining room table. I, I'm getting, yes, that's, that is my next project. So, um, I've, I've done a few smaller things kind of leading up to it. Um, I did some end tables. I've made a few sets of end tables for my wife and I, and for my son, um, a, a sofa table. And I, I really love the live edge look. Um, and so I, the, a guy that I get the wood from, and it's really cool cause I have land, uh, access to land through my, my dad, through my in-laws. And so uh, the wood that I'm using, I actually know where the stumps are. I mean, we've cut this wood, we've milled it and, um, you know, and so I wanted to make this dining room table. And so we've got these walnut slide. He had about 12 foot long boards that, you know, 16 inches wide live edge on both sides. And so, uh, I'm going to have to, I've cut them down to seven foot cause I'm gonna make a six foot table and I need to rip these boards. They're about two and a half, three inches thick. Um, but I'll rip them down the middle, um, keep, you know, the good live edge for each side and then, uh, get a good center pieces. Um, so once I have that ripped on the table saw, then I'll, uh, get a biscuit joiner out and get that tabletop all together and um, and have a live edge walnut dining table. Nice. So that's nice. what I'm working on. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about that process. How much do you do totally on your own for that? Well, I, you know, I didn't cut down the tree. Um, okay. But other than that. Yeah. So 
you're you're cutting things on a table saw. Table saws are dangerous. Man, I've got a weenie saw. <laughs> well, I, you you might think that. What 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 is your weenie saw? <laughs> so no, that that's what my buddy. Uh, he's he, he this cabinet maker, the Myron. Uh, he. Uh, he's got his own sawmill. He he mills everything. You know, helps me out with all this. But he uh, he calls it my weenie saw. And the reason he calls it my weenie saw is because if you go online and you watch the videos of the saw stop, they use a hot dog to show you how it works, and yes, that if yes. a finger, you know, and they, of course the hot dog demonstrates that. When the weenie touches the saw, the saw immediately, I mean, within 0.02 or 0.05 seconds, stops and drops below the table. It, it cartridge fires and, and it stops the blade and the blade drops and, and it won't even draw blood on the finger. Yeah, now, I don't want to test amazing. it. I don't want to make sure it works. But, you know, so I've got a little bit of faith in it. But uh, yeah. Um, so they, uh, so I use the, the saw stop, uh, I got a, a professional cabinet saw, saw stop. And, you know, that's, that, that's the one saw that really intimidated me. I did have a little accident with a router table and, um, sliced a little piece of a, a finger, um, on a router table, which I know what I did is completely my fault, but I, you know, and I've, you know, not going to make that mistake again, but and that was intimidating. When you turn that router on, that was intimidating. But man, that table saw, it, 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 before I got it, it was much more intimidating. Now that I've used it, it's not as much, but definitely still have the respect for it. Still, you know, I, I still take all the regular precautions because I don't want to have fired it up and run a piece of board through there and thinking, oh, it'll, you know, it'll stop. Because if it stops, first of all, it costs money. You got to replace the cartridge. And maybe the blade, and you know, I, I just don't want to find out what that's like. Yeah. And then what if what if I put the, something together wrong and that cartridge doesn't work for some reason? So I take all the precautions I need to, as though it doesn't have that safety feature. But uh, in the back of my mind, though, I'm I'm very glad it does. Yeah, the saw stop is amazing. Uh, it's on my yeah. list of things to get. And I've I've even talked to Saw Stop about maybe getting together on a partnership with the podcast and and what because I'm I'm really into I mean I, I'm really into a lot of things, but yeah. I, I really like to work. I don't with, know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. Not at all. <laughs> I, I really like to work with uh, wood and and create things and make things. And uh, there's just so much, just so much pride and just just the, the oh, yeah. feeling of making something out of out of a pile of boards or you know a tree i just i just i really like that feeling and and doing things like that and so yeah well you know i i was making those duck calls and we needed some entails and i asked a couple of friends that make things with wood that would come and you know they 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 have projects that they do and and they would even sell some things and and I asked him about end tables, like, well, yeah, I don't really do furniture. don't really know much about that, but, um, you know, we're just, we're just busy. Just don't really have the time, which I understand. I get that. But I was just like, I mean, really how hard can it be? And, and, you know, the, the guy that, that, uh, Myron that I'm, I've been friends with for a long time, when I told him that I was making duck calls and, and woodworking, 
you know, he wasn't, you know, what are you thinking? What are you doing? You know, like a lot of people are. He was like, really, man, I've got a bunch of these blanks. I'm going to bring you. You can turn them, man. You can make wood legs. You can make uh, rolling pins. You can make, I mean, he just started going down the list and he's, oh yeah, you can do it. And he brought me some tools and, you know, some uh, gouges, different things. And, and he was excited for me. And uh, when I wanted to make the end tables, um, you know, he brought me the blanks that I could turn and make the legs with if I wanted to do the legs with those. And, um, you know, he just, he was just, he was just thrilled. And that really motivated me as well. And so, yeah, I got the walnut and made the end tables. And that led to a few more end tables out of different woods. And, and now the ambitious project of the dining table. Yeah. It sounds like a big project. I just had a big project of my own. I just completed a, outdoor patio table was something I had, had been planning on for a while. I found a um, guy on YouTube that made a table for a different application. And I thought, man, that's just really cool. And I want to try to adapt that to, to a patio table. So um, I had to, I don't have any of the things you have for sure. I have a drill, like a, like a, you know, a hand, uh, a hand yeah, drill. Yeah and a couple of other things but nothing what what it took to to build this table so luckily i have friends in high places and um, we built this table and it's uh, it's really i want it to be it's, it's a significant table it's heavy it's eight feet uh, long by about three feet wide and essentially it's 24 two by fours uh glued together of a uh, cedar as the tabletop and it's so it's heavy i mean it probably weighs it's, it's definitely weighs more than 200 pounds and yeah. i can't move it anywhere close by myself um and so he has the he's got a saw stop too and he's got a couple drill presses and all, a couple cutoff saws and and he's got a planer and a and a of course a router and a uh what's the other flattening one you got a planer and a uh, whatever else you do to square the boards up. A, what? a jointer. Yeah, he's got a jointer and a planer and all that stuff. And he's got this great workshop. And it's about 20 miles from my house. So, you know, it was it was, it was was a fun experience working with him on it. And my dad was involved as well. So we made most of it over there and then transported it to my house and the, for the final assembly and... We just finished it a couple of weeks ago, and it's um, it's awesome. And just just the the fact that that I made it or we made it, you know, there's not another one in the world like it, right? So yeah. it's it's yeah. totally unique to to me, and I, I love that about it. And it's um, it's just awesome. So I need to get saw stops, and and, and of course I need to I need a bigger house and and more room. That that's probably yeah, the bigger problem actually. Yeah, we we run out of room pretty quick. There's, there's no doubt about it. Everything is on wheels. That's important, you know, so you can roll things out of the way. And, and, you know, a lot of times I'll roll things out of the garage so I can have room to work with everything, you know, that I'm doing. So, uh, but yeah, it's, that's important to have things on wheels and, and know where you put things. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that, that helps. All, that helps Especially a lot. for people that can't see. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I, I tell you, there's a couple of tools though, that, I would highly recommend that you invest in. One is called a click rule. And it is it, it is probably my favorite measuring tool that I have. Okay, and how does that work? So 
Um, so it comes with three rods that are 12 inches long to begin with. But then the main unit, which is um, about six inches long, just, just over, but it, there's a little space in the middle that you can measure six inches. But then it has this little piece that slides out and it's milled. It, and it almost feels that the piece that slides out almost feels like it is, um, um, oh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Um, a screw has, uh, you know, like the ridges that, uh, the threads, right? It almost feels like it's, it's threaded on two sides and flat on the, on the, on the top and bottom. But with each click, it comes out a 16th of an inch. And, and so, um, if you're measuring something, you know, less than 12 inches long, that, that piece right there, you know, you can slide it out up to six inches and then it's got the additional six inches that it's, you know, that slides back into. Mm -hmm. So you can measure up to 12 inches with the first piece. If something is over that, then you just add the rods. They just screw right into the end. And, and so you can measure up to four feet. You can add as many rods as you want, but it comes with the three rods uh, so you can measure four foot with no problem. Mm. And, but you can, it, it's, it's dialed down to where you can get within a 16th of an inch um, on your measurement. And That's it's, cool. it's amazing. Yeah. It's really cool. And you can they got a little lock screw that you can lock it once you get where you want it. Um, so you don't bump it or move it again. So that's the first thing that's really cool. I've got a couple. I've had two different talking tape measures, and one I do not recommend. It's plasticky, and it stopped working. I sent it back. They, you know, they said it was the battery. They put a battery. They sent it back, and it it stopped working again after a week. And it it's just it wasn't the battery. It, it's just it was a cheap talking tape measure, and it it which is a bummer because those things are expensive. But then there's another unit that is beefy, and it's the Tape King. It is beefy. It is metal. I have dropped it, knocked it off. I've scratched up. I've knocked off the the screen that sighted folks would use, and it still talks, and it's still going strong. I'm still using it, and it's, it is even more expensive, but it is holding up to the abuse that I put it through. And What's it called? Uh, tape King, and it's a talking tape measure. Okay. So yeah, those those have been really indispensable for me. I I use those all the time. The the click rule especially though, that's been um I'm constantly using that. Well, I find that when I'm making things that I I may measure a few things, but I, I generally use like relative measurements mm -hmm. most often. Yeah, I, I did too for a while. You know, or I like if I had one thing cut, then I would turn and I would use that as yeah. As kind of my base, right? But, uh, and this is something I actually learned, and I learned this from preaching, but uh, an example of my brother-in-law is a builder. And, you know, when they were building and they would make either tresses or, or you know, something across the house, some uh, joists, uh, they had one joist and they would mark it, you know, as the the first one and they would mark it as um, as as the the standard, right? It was, it was the authority. The template, yeah. Exactly. And they had to use that one for everything else. Because if you use that one, you cut number two, and then you use number two and cut number yeah, three. You can't you can't do that. It keeps getting shorter. It right. gets it gets a, an eighth of an inch shorter every time, or a sixteenth of an inch, depending on how wide your blade is every time. Yeah. And and so pretty soon you're off big time. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and so, um, you know, that, uh, you know, so, so you got to use the same standard every time. And, um, you know, that that's important, but those, those click rules, man, those are awesome. Well, it's kind of like grilling where people might be intimidated by using, you know, uh, saw spinning at 10,000 RPMs and <laughs> router, router bits spinning at the same and all this. But yeah. if you have the right tools and the confidence to use them, um, which would be true for any builder or any creator, any maker, but especially one that that's got their, their eyes closed and, and can't see that blade. Yeah. Um, once you have the confidence to know how to use those tools, really the it's, it's limitless, right? That's right. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, it's common sense. And if something doesn't feel right, stop. And, and I'll tell you, that's even, you know, if you watch these, these YouTubers that are woodworkers that are sighted, right? I mean, they, they'll tell you that, that when something happens to them, because it does, even though they can see, they still, you know, we'll talk about, you know, fingers that they're missing, fingertips they've cut off. It's because something didn't feel right and they didn't stop. They just went ahead and kept going and it went wrong, you know, and it's, a, it's just one of those things. Listen, if something doesn't feel right, if you're, if you're not sure about something, stop, you know, make sure everything is off, feel around, make sure you know where you're at, where things are going and, and, and then, you know, be comfortable with it and then proceed. If you're not comfortable with it, don't do it. It takes a lot of discipline and patience because you, you've got to have a lot of patience. Yeah. It's easy to get comfortable and, and, and get into a routine and keep going, you know, cause I'm making box joints when I do these recipe boxes and it's easy just to, you know, just to get going and, and, but you gotta like, okay, you know, make sure my fingers are out of the way, make sure I've got a good grip on things, make sure I know everything else that's around, you know, it's just, you really got to stop yourself and, and double check, triple check, um, you know, uh, or th- otherwise that's, that's when bad things will happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's true for fully sighted people as Absolutely. well. You get into a rhythm and even my dad's friend, uh, who helped me build the table, who's got all these things. Uh, he had an incident with a bandsaw about a year ago and, um, he's just like, I was just, you just, you, it, it's when you get comfortable and in a rhythm that you start thinking about something else. And then that's when the, uh, that's when it gets you. So yeah, you always got to have a very healthy respect absolutely, for those machines and uh, what they can do. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So when is the dining table? What's the, what's the ETA for completion on this? <laughs> I'm already, that done I've by already next week? asked those, uh, those estimates twice. So I'm, I'm not going to give an estimate on that, but, but I'll let you know. I, I'll let you know. Sooner than later, right? I certainly hope so. I really want to get this done for my wife. So, um, I hope so. Now, are you posting videos with the with this kind of stuff? Are you pictures anywhere so people can follow you along on these processes? So I've I've posted a few pictures of the recipe boxes, just of the uh, the, the end product. I think um, that I've done uh, on Instagram, blind grilling on Instagram, and, and on Facebook. I I may try to do some videos. The the problem is when you do videos and people watch them you know, they're, they're all about safety and I get that. Right. And they want to stress safety. Make sure you do this, make sure you do that. And a lot of times I don't either, I don't know what they're talking about, what they're doing, or, you know, if I'm doing something wrong and somebody watches a video and maybe they don't realize I'm blind, they just think I got a, you know, some weird name for some reason. Um, (laughs) and, and they, they see what I'm doing 
and they go and they do that and they get hurt. I, you know, I'm just, I'm, I just worry about that a little mm-hmm. bit, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, but, um, but I, I've, I've really been seriously considering it. And, uh, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, may, maybe the final product at least. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll definitely be taking pictures of that. I got, I got pictures of some other projects that I need to be posting. Um, you know, I, I did a mantle, uh, uh help my brother build a, uh, fireplace mantle out of, a, um, some reclaimed cedar that he had from a friend. And with the leftovers, I took that cedar and made his wife a recipe box with it. My wife does engraving. And so she engraved, um, her name on it and, and different things. But, um, you know, so that, that was, that was neat. So I'll, I'll get some pictures of that posted pretty soon, but, um, yeah, I, I, you know, po- pictures will definitely be posted, and we'll see. We'll see about the videos. All right. Well, those pictures will be posted. It's at the Blind Grilling Facebook or Instagram, or where are you these days? Yeah, fa- Blind Grilling on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, you know, if folks want to go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel, um, you know, maybe, you know, if, uh, m- maybe we'll start putting some more content up there but of course search for blind grilling experience on any of the podcast apps and hopefully you can find me and uh, and get the podcast i know you're getting into the sous vide style of cooking and you've uh, recently started talking about that too so next time we have you on we'll we'll talk about sous vide yeah that sounds good man it's amazing you gotta try it that's what i hear everybody says that yeah yeah i mean you still hey you know still fire up that egg and it's great you know sear it that's how you finish uh, it, that, right? Yeah. 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 Or that torch. I haven't done the torch yet for the searing, but you, maybe you'll be braver than I am. No, I don't think so. <laughs> but that that's how a lot of folks will uh, sear their sous vide is with a, uh, with a little torch and uh, put a sear on it and then it's good to go. But oh yeah. Yeah. That sous vide's amazing. I'm looking forward to you hear, hearing you talk about how you torched whatever it was at the end of your... Sous vide. I'll tune into the blind ground experience for that on the podcast. Oh man. Yeah. We'll, we'll see if I ever get brave enough for that. Thanks for spending time with the ambiguously blind podcast. Please rate and write a review wherever you subscribe and connect and share with us at ambiguouslyblind.com.